fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is a midweek celebration, man. Greatest day of the weekend. We are moving through. Can you imagine now? We are less than two weeks away from Christmas. I think I said that yesterday. The two-week time frame, the ticking down. So if you need to get those last-minute Christmas gifts, what the hell's taking you so long, man? <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. Welcome into it. This is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations and TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen. Always so wonderful to have you with us. Your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. On the program today, bottom of the hour, Congressman Bob Latta from the 5th District of Ohio. We get him on about once a month to get an update from Washington, D.C. And I don't know if you're aware or not, but this week, supposedly, is the final week on Friday before they adjourn for the holidays, which means they're done, which means whatever they're working on now will be put on hold, be put on the freeze list, and will be adjourned until the end or until 2024. So what is on that docket and what do we have to look forward to? We'll talk about all that coming up here in just a little bit, which there's a lot of things going on in Washington, D.C. right now. And obviously the big news of the day... What's trending today is, of course, what we heard in Washington with uh, really Hunter Biden trying to play the victim in society today, showing up and doing his due diligence and why in the world are anybody being so mean to him and his entire family? I'm here today to answer at a public hearing any legitimate questions Chairman Comer and the House Oversight Committee may have for me. I'm here today to make sure that the House Committee's illegitimate investigations of my family do not proceed on distortions, manipulated evidence, and lies. Mm-hmm. And I'm here today to acknowledge that I've made mistakes in my life and wasted opportunities and privileges I was afforded. For that, I'm responsible. For that, I'm accountable. And for that, I'm making amends. All right. So that was from CNN. He did the press conference today, this morning, actually, during the time where they were doing the disposition. He was not in there for that, which he was supposed to be in there. But instead, he said it was a closed door meeting. It was just an assault on him from the MAGA Republicans and Donald Trump. And therefore, we are not going to be part of this. And he gave a speech about how he is victimized. I know this goes without saying, and you've probably heard this conversation throughout most of the day today. But I have to give my two cents on this because this it blows my mind how... And you'll hear it. We'll play a couple more clips of this ridiculousness. But blows my mind how you can be part of the elite, part of the establishment, part of the wishy-washy, part of the high society types where you get away with anything, and you can play the victim because I'm not part of that, and you still get away with it while being that. It's very strange how he gets to play that I've had all of these opportunities in my life, and I did all this stuff, and yes, I was a victim because you're attacking me because of all my faults. We're not. We don't care about your drug addiction. We don't care about your paintings. We don't care about all the stuff that you're trying to say that you're a victim of that we're attacking you for. What we care about is did you do something illegal in the United States? Period. End of story. 
But that's not what this is going to be about. And this is what the narrative is that he's going to be pushing is that, well, I was a victim because I'm being attacked and he did. My father did nothing. I didn't do anything. And they're going to distract it by saying that you're attacking me and attacking my family unfairly because of all these great degrees that I have, of all the stuff that I've done. I mean, that's what he said throughout throughout that speech today on CNN. For six years, MAGA Republicans, including members of the House committees who are in a closed door session, session right now, have impugned my character, invaded my privacy, attacked my wife, my children, my family, and my friends. They have ridiculed my struggle with addiction. They have belittled my recovery. And they have tried to dehumanize me, all to embarrass and damage my father, who has do- devoted his entire public life to service. All right. So, again, here's the funny part that he has to read all this again, just like his father. It runs in the family, I guess, like father, like son. He has to read everything verbatim based on what's in front of him with this script, which is hilarious to watch. But he's the victim here. He's the victim. He's done nothing wrong. It's all lies. It's all conspiracy. It's all Donald Trump. It's all the MAGA Republicans. How dare you bring my family into this? How dare you even consider the fact that I have done something wrong? Now, don't Mind the fact that we have audio clips. Just completely ignore the fact that we have Joe Biden admitting that he bullied someone in Burisma. Just ignore the fact that we have documentation, that we have false identities, that we have bank transactions, that we have audio tapes and videotapes. Don't worry about all that. I am the victim in this scenario. And again, this is this is why we have lawyers, I guess, in society, because this is what you can do in court today, is that when you have solid, cold, hard evidence of, look, did you commit this crime? Look at we have what we have video evidence watching you commit the crime. And then they come in and try and change the story. And the story is going to be exactly this. And going into election season, it makes sense why they're using this argument. But that's what they're going to do. I'm the victim here. Victimization plays really well with the Democrat Party. And if you're a victim, then obviously the Democrats are going to be on board with supporting you and be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe the Republicans. I can't believe how bad that they've done. You remember back when this is golly, this is when I was still in high school. I didn't even get into talk radio yet. And this is how they love to just blame Republicans for just whatever and try to play the victims here under the Bush administration shortly after 9-11. We're in the conflict in the Middle East and Iraq and Iran and Afghanistan. And you remember all that stuff that was going on. And I was in high school, I remember, and I was listening to a talk radio show. I was actually working at a feed store at the time. I was helping out a, uh, a client where they were needing help shearing the sheep. They were getting a little bit older. They, they paid me to come and help like hold the sheep down while they were shearing them. And uh, was getting paid decent money to do it. I was like, cool. Never done it before, but I can be the muscle and just kind of hold the sheep down. All right. In the barn, they had on... A radio show they had on just talk radio for noise for the animals in the barn and it was it was out of denver colorado 760 progressive talk i think it's changed formats now but it was progressive talk radio i will never forget this because this is my first introduction to talk uh, not talk radio but progressive talk radio i didn't know there was such a thing i had always heard rush limbaugh i had heard conservatives i've heard great you know republican talk show hosts had never heard progressive talk until then 760 progressive talk out of denver and the host i don't know who it was was taking callers this caller called in sobbing sobbing on the radio because how bad george bush actually was back in the day how terrible he was that he wouldn't even show up to a military funeral because he's such a heartless horrible human being 
And it makes it makes terrible radio when you hear someone just sobbing on the radio like that. And I, I stopped what I was doing and I had to listen because I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, really? We have that. We have hundreds of these soldiers that are dying, unfortunately, and and he can't make it to all of them. So George Bush is the horrible, evil human being because now they're the victims. Now they're usually protesting those funerals. But how bad that it was that the president wasn't there to be at the actual funeral. And the host was just going along with it. I know it. I know what you feel. I know how terrible this is for you. I, I understand how horrible. Yeah, he's the most horrible human being on the face of the I can't believe that he's still president of the United States. Remember, that's when the hatred began was the the, the t- Texas village lost its idiot mindset. Remember that? Under the Bush administration. And completely ignoring the main focal point of the conversation. Should we be there? What's the objective? Who are we actually fighting? Like, these are substantial conversations to have. No, no, it was... The victimization. It is the horrible emotional state. That's what we're seeing right now with Hunter Biden, that we need to ignore the facts, ignore the video, ignore the audio, ignore the transactions, ignore the paper trail that we have on all of this stuff and that we try to get down to the bottom of it and then blame, well, you're coming after me for my drugs. No, we're not. You're coming after us for my guns. Well, I mean, you shouldn't have guns and drugs at the same time. A lot of people are in jail for a lot of things similar to that. But no, we really want to know, did you break the law? By tying in with somebody and taking advantage of someone who was vice president of the United States at the time. That's what we're all about. But remember, it's a conspiracy. They call us the conspiracy theorists uh, because we think that UFOs are real or something. But it's a conspiracy that Republicans are saying that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden have done something wrong. For six years, I've been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine shouting, (laughs) where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am here. Let me state as clearly as I can. My father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investments at home nor abroad, and certainly not as an artist. Now, according to what Republicans say, that they have that on transaction and and on paper showing the paper trail that leads to everything. So even if he was going to show up, it would have just been a whole lot of nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. I'll have to look into that. That's what we get with all of these different hearings anyways. But I do have one more question before we move on here is why in the world is this so private when all of court, uh, the court cases for the Trump administration and the Trump team all have to be public and we have to broadcast every one of those. It's very strange how the media is covering some of this and how the court system loves to try and protect the Biden family for sure. At the end of the day, though, if you remember, the Biden administration said that as they go into the campaign trail, that they will have lawyers and a team ready for, quote unquote, fake news that will be coming out from the Republicans, from the conspiracy theorists and from those that are blaming the Bidens for corruption within the government. They they already had their team ready. (laughs) Yeah, they already have the team ready, and the team is ready for any of this to be leaked out. So as this investigation progresses, as Speaker of the House Mike Johnson could potentially put on the floor some type of further investigation on an inquiry for uh, impeachment on Biden, or even if we do actually put a vote on the floor for impeachment of Joe Biden, that the team is ready from the Biden campaign to sue, saying that it's all driven by artificial intelligence and fake news. Remember that? Because now we we have the place. I, I'm so glad that we live in this world today because anybody can do anything out there. Hint, hint, wink, wink, everybody. Here's your little uh, words of wisdom for you today. You can do anything that you want to out there. And if you get caught, if you get busted, if you get in trouble, 
If you have photo or video that's showing all the bad things that you've done, you can now say that it was fake news and that it was driven by artificial intelligence. I mean, winning. Uh, <laughs> that's a world that we can live in right there, right? We can just do whatever we want to. And when you get blamed and when you get caught and called out for it, no, no, it was artificial intelligence and fake news, which unfortunately is probably going to be the case in many situations. The, I don't know if you have you seen the new technology today. Google, apparently, was it Google or was it Meta? I don't remember here. Hold on. It was, uh, I was trying to find it. Oh, Meta. It was Meta. Have come out with new face cameras on people's glasses. They're so small that you can't see them. And there's a little mini camera that can record. And according to DNYUZ, a very liberal blog uh, news website-ish on the website, DNYUZ.com, there was a quote-unquote, I say this in air quotes here, journalist that used them to record people as an example for the article. And they said, even on here, for the past two weeks, I've been using a new camera to secretly snap photos and record videos of strangers in parks, on trains, inside stores, and at restaurants. And then in parentheses, I promise it was all in the name of journalism. I wasn't hiding the camera, but I was wearing it, and no one even noticed. With the $300 new Ray-Ban Meta glasses that have been released by Mark Zuckerberg and Meta. Now, with all of this new lack of privacy that we're seeing in society, we now have that, but then using the manipulation between artificial intelligence and just uh, you know putting people's faces on things where they weren't really there, using their audio to say things that they didn't really say, we're going to see a lot of people get in trouble, and then we're never going to go know whether things are actually realistic and truth or whether they're fake. We don't know. I'm starting to despise society more and more. I just want to, I'm not going to trust anybody else. You tell it to me face to face. And I think that's what some people are going to start doing, right? This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, it is Reason, Common Sense, Rationale. So there's a reason I bring up the intelligence issue, not only because the Biden administration wants to use that to try and protect themselves on the campaign trail, and they're going to get the sympathy vote from the Democrats who are, if you remember the old term back in the day, the bleeding hearts, the ones that are like, oh, uh, as long as you have an excuse for it, then you're a victim, and therefore we love you even more. They're trying to play the victimized status to go into election season. And it's going to work, I think, for a large portion of the crowd. Because remember, the Biden administration is really low right now on the popularity polls. They continue to drop big time. They're sitting, what, in the low to mid 30 percent range in approval ratings for the Biden administration. And they're going to do everything they can to say that this impeachment inquiry, this investigation into Hunter Biden is going to be just a scam. How it's just nothing but political for the election season. So that already that stigma is already there. Why? Because the Democrats use it to be there because Republicans, anything that we do is evil and terrible and horrible and, and Nazi, Nazis and fascist. And they're going to play that right into the fact that Donald Trump's going to be a tyrant and a dictator and going to take over and never going to leave office again. And they're going to play that as, oh, look, they're creating a sham, uh, sham uh, uh, court system, a, a sham investigation on Joe Biden. Which, again, what do narcissists do? Just look yourself in the mirror. Whatever you're accusing somebody else of doing is actually <laughs> what you're doing, which is why they're going after Donald Trump to make sure that he can never, ever, ever get back into political office again. And then when it comes to technology, that means that less things are actually secret. Less things are actually hidden. That there's more transparency in a good and bad way. 
I'm a little concerned about the whole metaglasses thing because that way we can see everything, what's going on from everybody all around us. That's kind of creepy and a little weird. But at the same time, uh, that means that less is going to be hidden from us and we're going to see more things coming out. So the Bidens then are going to, again, protect themselves and say it's all just fake news. It's a bunch of artificial intelligence. Andy, what does this have to do with us? The, the whole point I'm leading up to is that not only is it a political matter, but this is a major issue that you need to be aware of as well. According to Breitbart News and a push from the Electronic Payments Coalition, which we're going to get on the program and talk to them, there is a new bill being talked about in Washington, D.C. that is very concerning. Now, as you know, the vast majority, or at least a portion of the Republican Party and conservatives, are concerned about privacy, are concerned about, I don't know, theft or identity theft, and what we have with social media, for example, collecting all of our data. Andy, TikTok, we need to get rid of TikTok. You know my thoughts on that. That's not the conversation I want to go down today. However, things could be even worse than just social media in TikTok, is apparently there is a push at the federal level by Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois, which is really fascinating because uh, they're being, I mean, this really is an example of being beholden to the, um, I guess, special interests, the donors of the campaigns. They're pushing for a bill for the Federal Reserve to relax their regulations on payment processing. is apparently right now in the country, payment processing, if you use your credit card, for example, and the processing of that payment, that credit card payment uh, to a company, that has to stay within here in the United States. And apparently some businesses like Walmart and Target are trying to find ways to make it cheaper for their payment processing transactions. And the cheaper way is, of course, to use servers and databases that are off the, out of the country and in different countries like, I don't know, China. And there's a new bill presented by some Democrats that are allowing the, uh, trying to at least legalize the ability for the payment processing transactions and the servers to be held overseas. Now, I'm just throwing this out there, but if something like this happened, I'm assuming that that would give the ability for other nations like China to be able to collect our data because the servers are being held there. The processing is being held there, which means all of your credit card information would be completely insecure. That means all your personal information would be completely insecure. So not only do we have to worry about random people walking around with meta glasses spying and recording you on everything that you do, you don't have to worry about your privacy as well with your personal information uh, potentially being compromised if Democrats get their way by being able to pass this type of bill and allowing the Federal Reserve to relax some of their regulations. Oh, yeah, you're being attacked on every front, and I have to ask the simple question, where in the world is our privacy, our right to privacy, and our right to private information that the government or anybody else doesn't need to have? This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason Meets Radio. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Back into the program. Always great to have you along for the ride. As always, really happy to have this guy back on the program as we get our latest update from Washington, D.C. It's a crazy time as we're trying to wrap up 2023. Look at the agenda and the priorities for 2024 as well. As happy to have back on the program from the 5th Congressional District from the great state of Ohio. It's Congressman Bob Latta. Congressman, how are you, my friend? 
Great. Good morning. Yeah, good morning to you. Always good to chat with you. Uh, let's talk about the latest out of D.C. Obviously, you guys have been working hard on a lot of different issues right now. After an extension of the continuing resolution, you guys are still working on appropriations bills. We have uh, international issues that continue to be a problem right now. So uh, there's there's not a shortage of things you guys are doing right now in D.C. No, you're absolutely right. we got a lot of work to get done. Uh, one is the National Defense Authorization Act. That's absolutely essential. That's how we fund our military, pay our people, making sure that uh, as they go into harm's way, they don't have to worry about uh, their paycheck not coming to them or to their family to make sure that they keep the lights on at home. We also have the FISA reauthorization. We have uh, two different pieces of legislation that have come both from the Judiciary Committee and the other from the Intel Committee. And uh, you're right on the appropriations. Those are things that, uh, you know, we're not going to get jammed this year like we do so often by the Senate when they go home and they give us an omnibus piece of legislation that (laughs) they put the Christmas, truly put the Christmas tree in. And so uh, uh, we're looking at January the 19th for four appropriation bills there and then uh, the other eight by February the 2nd. But, you know, the good news is things, certain things are moving. Uh, yesterday on the floor that uh, we had what they call the Patient Act up, uh, coming out of my committee, Energy and Commerce, sponsored by uh, the chair, Kathy Morris-Rogers, and also by the ranking uh, a member, uh, Frank Pallone from uh, New Jersey, but to put transparency back uh, for uh, patients out there so they, they know about hospital fees, they know about the uh, costs, on uh, when it comes to their insurance, so you know those are there are some bright spots out there that we're working on, but we're just you know as, you know we're down to being December the twelfth. We're running out of time here, so we got a lot of work to get done in a very short period of time. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things to break down on that one. First off, let's talk about the appropriations bill for just a process or just for a minute. So you guys have, as far as I'm aware, eight out of the twelve appropriations done, which is the most that we've seen at least in a good while. And as we get closer to that January and even February, that kind of the two-tiered extension of the CR, are you optimistic that we're going to see the full twelve appropriation bills pass by that time? And the next challenge is going to be, will the Senate actually pick them up? Because I know a lot of them have some pretty drastic spending cuts, which is a good thing and desperately needed, but Democrats don't like that a whole lot in the uh, majority in the Senate. Well, you know, we, we got to get this done because the American people know when you're heading for $34 trillion in debt that we're going to be paying interest of a trillion dollars probably by 2027, that uh, this massive spending that the Democrats did in the president's first two years in office when they controlled the House, the Senate, and, of course, the presidency, you can't go out and spend trillions of dollars and not pay for it and not see inflation going up. And uh, this, you know, the American people see it. You know, and when you go to the grocery store and uh, prices are up, and that's what people feel. So I, I think that, uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm the eternal optimist, but we got to get this stuff done We get because, again, it's important uh, for the nation that we just can't keep going down this path that we've been on. So, uh, you know, if you're not an eternal optimist, uh, <laughs> you're going to be in bad shape down here in Washington. 
Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Right now, the the biggest issue that at least the media has been talking about as well is the Ukrainian funding bill. And I know that uh, Speaker Mike Johnson has talked to the Senate and Chuck Schumer about trying to partner that with H.R. 2 on immigration, which they're not happy about, obviously, which their solution to immigration and the corruption at the border right now is just let's allow more people to come in and create an app to where we can send more people in and therefore they're not illegal. But we can't sustain this. New York can't sustain it any longer. Chicago can't sustain it any longer. We have to do something. Uh, are we going to find a compromise, do you think, on immigration? And will that be tied to the Ukrainian funding, do you think? Well, earlier this morning, uh, I heard that the, there's a group of Democrats that want to meet with the president at the White House ASAP to talk about what? The southern border. And so they understand, you know, I think it's finally getting to them that they understand there's a crisis. You know, when New York is saying, city is saying, oh, we'll, we'll pay uh, you to go anywhere, just not to be here in New York. So to these uh, folks that uh, have been coming up, uh, that, you know, I think that the governor of uh, Texas has made a point, you know, when they said, we'll just send all these people or to all these other quote-unquote sanctuary cities, and all of a sudden they're saying, wait a minute, no, we, we're not, we're, we want to be a sanctuary city, but not like that, and we're in words only. So I, I, I think that, the, that we have to have uh, something tied to it. On my uh, three trips to the border, it's, getting, it's just gotten worse. And, you know, last week we had 12,000 people in one day cross the border. And so I know there's a number about a year ago that cost the American taxpayers about $16 billion. I haven't seen what the new number is uh, for all the illegals coming up across the border. So, you know, again, I think that the, the idea that we have to tie the two together, just like with our Israeli aid, we all know that we need to help Israel, and but we have to pay for it. And so, you know, we looked at using uh, the IRS and all that money that uh, the Democrats pumped into it to say, look, you, you can pull some of that money out and we'll uh, help Israel. Yeah. And uh, when it comes to Ukraine, we all know that, uh, you know, right now uh, Putin's not winning, and that's a good thing because if he was, uh, he'd be looking at other countries to invade. So I think that uh, tying the two together is very, very important, and I think that in the, lo- in the long run it will happen. Yeah, I really think so. We're talking with Congressman Bob Latter from the 5th District of Ohio. Let's shift gears a little bit. Obviously, you being on the Energy and Commerce Committees and talking about uh, 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 both of those issues, we're wrapping up the COP28 UN Climate Conference in Europe right now where they're talking about trying to uh, get rid of methane. They're trying to talk about greenhouse gases. They're trying to talk about the new green movement. And uh, obviously, if we shut down coal plants like John Kerry's trying to advocate here in the country, that would have a drastic effect here across the nation. Uh, What's the latest in conversation there as we continue to see this green push in the nation? And uh, right now, we're seeing some relatively decent gas prices, but I don't know how much longer that's going to last with the ongoing conversation that they're having right now. Great uh, case in point is this, that, uh, you know, the administration was pushing and pushing and has been pushing for, you know, for electric vehicles. And, uh, you know, so there's all this money went out that the taxpayers funded to say to all the, you know, the manufacturers, go out and build EVs. Well, you know, they started doing it. And I just read an article yesterday of how many EVs are sitting on lots because nobody wants to buy them. So when the federal government tries to dictate to the American uh, consumer what they should be doing and especially what they should be driving, Americans aren't going to do it because they know that uh, right now the batteries aren't where they need to be, That uh, especially if you live in uh, colder uh, climates. All of a sudden you have a situation where, oh, boy, that charge doesn't last as long as you thought it was going to. 
So people are not flocking to them like they thought. And so, uh, you know, the American people are saying, nope, we don't want that. And at the same time, we don't have the energy by 2035 to be able to do it. The Energy Information Agency said that we'd need about up to maybe 50% more power in this country. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at the same time, the EPA, when they testified before, said only four and a half. And I said, that's impossible because when you got the experts saying it's up to 50%, but the, the folks that are writing the regulations are saying four and a half, well, they're living in a fantasy world that can't be met. So, you know, we have to have more power in this country. I asked the Department of Energy, I asked FERC when they were before us uh, uh, a while back, do we need more or less more power? And they both said we need more power. So when you look at the overall picture out there, we have to have more. And so it's legislation like uh, mine, which is to encourage uranium production and enrichment in this country so that we can have the advancements in advanced nuclear and modular to, if you want to, clean climate-type energy out there that's non-carbon producing, it's going to be nuclear. And so, you know, the United States can take a lead there again, And but we've got to have more power in this country, not less. Well, we do need more power. I mean, I'm concerned about what we saw over the summertime with some of the warmer temperatures where we saw some brownouts in certain areas. And California was encouraging people to use their electric vehicle to power their home for their AC unit. Then we had the cold front from a couple of years ago. We ran out of power there as well. If we continue to consolidate here and we do what they say, which is getting rid of coal plants, I mean, we can just look at the state of Texas where they didn't fire up their coal plants during that cold front. And they were running on brown and blackouts across the nation. Congressman, we're a first world country. We're supposed to have stable energy for us to stay cool during the summer and warm during the wintertime. And going back to Dubai, one of the things that's not pointed out is between the years 2005 and 2020, the United States led the world by reducing emissions by about 20%. And we never get credit for that. But, you know, everybody also wants this, you know, especially the left, that we're supposed to be powering down. And my district has 85,000 manufacturers. I have the largest manufacturing district in the state of Ohio. And if I don't have power, these companies don't exist, and that means everybody's out of work. Yeah. And so this is, to me, uh, I have to have energy. And, uh, but, you know, Republicans have always advocated an all-of-the-above energy strategy. We can do it. But uh, on the other side, if you're saying that we're not going to have any power, uh, you're, you're absolutely right when it comes to what happens when we do have another polar vortex that comes through the country like we had in 2014, and where every power station in the state of Ohio was running at peak capacity, and we had no brownouts and no blackouts. The steel, the steel companies didn't have to shut down. The float glass companies didn't have to shut down. All these things that you have to run continuously, 24 hours a day, did not shut down. However, today, PJM, which is the authority over our uh, region for power, had been saying that, oh, we're in great shape, and all of a sudden now you go to their website, and they're saying, we need more power. <laughs> Funny how that happens. It's Congressman. Oh, it sure is. oh yeah, it's it's sad. It's terrible. It's Congressman Bob Latta from the fifth district of Ohio. A lot of things being addressed here as we wrap up the year of twenty twenty three. We get ready for twenty twenty four. Congressman, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's to you and the family. Keep up this fight. We look forward to chatting with you again here real soon. Well, thank you very much. Merry Christmas to you and to all your listeners. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Last couple of minutes here on the program. Fascinating conversation with Congressman Bob Latta from the 5th District of Ohio. Always appreciate him. He told me off the air when we got done with that conversation, and I said, hey, it's going to be a crazy couple of days, so strap in. We'd love to get another update. If something happened, he goes, yeah, watch. He said the next few days will be some of the most interesting things that we see in Washington, D.C. It is going to be a madhouse up there, especially with the Ukrainian funding, which they're really trying to rail on. Mitch McConnell, he's like, well, we're going to deal with it in January. And then Joe Biden, not very happy about that. Uh, What was it, yesterday afternoon, I believe? As uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of the Ukraine, was out there and he was upset with the Republicans not getting on board and, of course, playing the victimization. Remember, it's the Fast and Furious that we have to do. We don't have to think about it. We can't consider things. We can't debate it. We can't discuss it. Here's the wild assumption and here's the wild news that some people apparently are not aware of. Washington, D.C. runs at a very slow pace. I, (laughs) I know. I know it's a wild concept to to put into context here, but Washington, D.C. and politicians run at a very slow pace. Why? Because we have to debate things. We have to make sure it's legal. We have to make sure that it's constitutional and that we make sure things run the way that they're supposed to. And that's a good thing because we don't want them to do the fast and furious. We don't want them to do just irrational things on a whim. We want it to be a slow process because government's not supposed to operate at a quick pace. It's really not supposed to. Government's not supposed to solve solutions. They can't solve solutions. Government's not supposed to consolidate power and consolidate agencies and consolidate industry. It's not supposed to consolidate the economy. It's not supposed to consolidate healthcare. It's not supposed to do any of those things. And when they do try to do something, it should be a very slow, begrudging, frustrating process, which, if you remember, was frustrating to Donald Trump back in the day. Because he's a business guy. When he says done, boom, hey, go do it. He wants it done then, there, and now. He wants it already completed by the time the conversation's ended. That's the way the guy works because he's a type A personality and he's a business guy. And the way business works is much different than how government works. And that took a little bit of a uh, adaption for him in order to uh, get things underway in Washington, D.C. when he was president. So this Ukrainian funding, yeah, it's going to take some time. Is it legal? I mean, I guess it's legal, yeah. There's a moral conversation about that, or whether we should be doing it, on both ends of the aisle, mind you, on both sides of the conversation. Should we be helping another uh, nation away from tyranny? Yeah, we should. The The question is, that moral dilemma is how much do we do that before we actually take a step back and we're like, yeah, you know, we've done our part. We need to step away because we can't manage this any longer. We have crises in our own house right now. We have to put out the fire in our own home before we can try and build your house all over again. Democrats don't see that. Nope. Got to do it right now. Joe Biden, not uh, not very happy about that yesterday afternoon, by the way. But without supplemental funding, we're rapidly coming to an end of our ability to help Ukraine respond to the urgent operational demands that it has. Putin is banking on the United States failing to deliver for Ukraine. We must, we must, we must prove him wrong. This host of a Kremlin-run show said, well done, Republicans. That's good for us. That's a Russian speaking. If you're being celebrated by Russian propagandists, it might be time to rethink what you're doing. History History will judge harshly those who turn their back on freedom's cause. Is that messaging really going to work, you think? Do you think that propaganda is going to work? Well done, Republicans. You're colluding with Russia, just like you did with Donald Trump in the 2016 election. Oh, wait a second. That was already debunked. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We can't say that. My bad. 
My bad. We can't say that. That's all right. That's already been debunked. Uh, Vladimir Putin and the Russians are congratulating Republicans for not giving aid to Ukraine because if you don't, then the people of Ukraine will die, and it's all because of you, you evil Republicans. How dare that you have Repu- that uh, you have Russians saluting and parading what you're doing? Is that? I don't know that that messaging is really going to work because that's kind of a foolish, ridiculous uh, mindset. By the way. Because we're slowing the process here, and Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell is talking about not even funding Ukraine until after January because of the negotiations that fell through with immigration. Because remember, they're throwing the fit. This is what it all is, the temper tantrum, that they didn't get what they wanted because we actually stood our ground and said, if we don't get what we want, then we're also not going to give you what you want. So they're throwing the temper tantrum. The child, the spoiled brat child that got the participation trophy their entire life are throwing their temper tantrum. And they're upset. So it's the Fast and Furious, do it right now, or we're all going to die. The European Union says that they're trying to step up and create near 200 and some odd billion dollars to go to Ukraine, uh, at least right now, to supplement what the U.S. failed to do. We'll see if it happens before Friday, when supposedly Congress is set to adjourn for the holidays and reconvene again in December. We'll see what that looks like. Until then, we're back at it again tomorrow for a pre-Friday celebration. We have so much more to break down for you. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Have a great day. We'll see you on the radio.